y'all, it's Betsy with the Dickie Foundation, and you're listening to Dickie's Doing Good, the podcast where we tell good stories about good people doing good things in the community. I'm thrilled because my guests today are Chris and Matt Clements. They are a father-son duo. Father Chris is a Navy veteran and a two-time Olympian, and Matt is a young entrepreneur. We are really excited because they are two newest Dickies family members in Colorado. Thanks so much for joining me today, guys. Thanks. Go yeah, ahead, thank you, Betsy. Fantastic. So kind of we'll jump right in. And um, for those folks who don't know you quite as well as I do, tell us about yourselves, your respective careers, how you got to be where you are now. Absolutely. So uh, like I said, uh, it, you heard it from our intro that uh, I am a two-time Olympian, also a Navy veteran. Uh, retired two years ago, uh, did 31 years. Wow, thank and, you for your service. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I had an exciting time while I was in the Navy, worked with the best people in the world. Uh, and when I got to compete, that was also awesome. I mean, you can't, uh, can't do two things at once, but you know, I managed to do it and <laughs> it was quite a chore. Well, fair, fair enough. Now tell me, what, what exactly were you doing for the Navy? Uh, I was... Unless it's classified. No, you know. no, okay. no, no. I was <laughs> Just a nuke, uh, Yeah, I was a nuke machinist mate. Okay. So I was making nuclear power on our ships. Wow, that's yeah. very cool. And, yeah. you know, join the Navy, see the world? Absolutely. I did see the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Favorite place you got to visit then? Ah, Bali. Bali, okay. Yeah, Bali was probably really the tip of the spear. I mean, it was absolutely just paradise. Okay. You know, that water was just crystal clear and just, you know, the people were very friendly being in the Micronesians. I mean, you can't, you can't, you know, complain about that. And place you visited that if you never had to go back there again, it would still be too soon. <sighs> Thailand. Really? Okay. Yeah. Thailand. Yeah. It was, wasn't what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It was a type of a country that you know, was really third world and it was very difficult to, to maneuver around and try to understand what was at. I mean, obviously we're in uh, Phuket, mm-hmm. so we were on the eastern side of the country. So we were closer to Vietnam and just, you know, there it was just really odd, hmm. you know, being being the only English speaking folks there and you trying to you know, negotiate, okay, what is this and what is that was just really a challenge for, for us in the Navy. I could definitely imagine that would be a challenge. Yeah. Okay. So talk to me about your Olympic experience. When was this? <laughs> what were, what, what were you, what were you competing in and all that? So I, I'm a long jumper. That's my discipline. Um, I went to the 08 and 12 games. That's Beijing and London. That, and uh, I was active duty during that time. And, you know, I, I, I ran track in high school, ran track in college and, once I joined the Navy, they had an all Navy team. And from there, I just kind of just kept following my career. I didn't I had no aspirations to go into the Olympics at all. I just wanted to, you know, compete, just stay in shape. But, you know, talent led itself to to try out for Team USA. And before I knew it, I made the A squad. And I was at the trials in Eugene, Oregon, and they said, Hey, guess what? You're going to Beijing, and I'm like, really? That is incredible. So, what, so what, what's your personal record then? Twenty-seven three quarters. That is so far. That so that's like jumping across uh, this room almost. No, <laughs> not quite that far. I would say probably as like uh, as this table. For the, the for tables. Those, yeah, for those who aren't in here, we're looking at about three table lengths. So that that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's that, yeah. that's pretty incredible. Um, so Matt, tell us about yourself as well. Um, well, as uh, we spoke earlier, I am a young entrepreneur. 
Uh, I'm full of lots of bright ideas. I definitely just want to get out there, definitely try to give back to my community. Um, I've worked in the food industry before, so I'm kind of familiar with, you know, how food is. Uh, I definitely love to make food and eat food, so can't go wrong there. Um, what's your personal specialty uh, for, for, for making, and then what's your favorite thing to eat? Um, I mean, other than Dickie's Barbecue, obviously. Of course, of course. I would say <laughs> specialty on making, I definitely love to make a, a lemon garlic shrimp and chicken. Okay. Uh, it's very delicious, very healthy. Um, definitely, I try to stay active and being healthy as well. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, so now, so kind of tell me what kind of drew you to, to, to your career? I mean, again, entrepreneurship, I'm, I'm a big fan of entrepreneurs. I'm married to an entrepreneur at, at Dickies. You know, we deal with a lot of entrepreneurs since we're, um, almost entirely franchised and our owner operators truly are all entrepreneurs. So what, mm -hmm. uh, you know, where, where did you find this spirit inside you? Um, I would say it started probably when I was pretty young, just coming right out of high school, honestly. Um, uh, I was just getting out there. Um, I was liking to see how like YouTubers actually were getting out there and how, what was inspiring them to grow their channels, to get them bigger. So I didn't do YouTube, but I definitely wanted to bring some of those ideas to my own life and see where I could expand there and grow, you know, network, meet people and just keep blossoming from there. So you didn't want to go off and be an influencer or something? Uh, I mean, no, I, I, I have a life goal. I mean, I have a little dog who has an Instagram. Uh, you know, I want people to be like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, my dog's an influencer. Um, but that felt like, you know, maybe I needed a, a more serious career than that. Mm -hmm. You probably found the same thing. Um, yeah, I did. I just wasn't too keen on being on video really too much. You know, I guess I was out there, but I wasn't the one to be the main character guy on the video, you know, I would be maybe on the sidelines or something, but still being out there, you know, getting to get known. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. So Chris, what, what made you want to go join, join the Navy? I mean, I again, enjoy the Navy, see the world, but, uh, 31 years, that's quite a, quite an impressive career there. What, what inspired you to do that? Uh, I'll tell you money. Cause, uh, <laughs> they gave me an SRV bonus, uh, selective reenlistment bonus mm -hmm. of 60 grand every six years. That's a big motivator. That, that is a motivator yeah, for sure. That is a There's big nothing motivator. wrong with yeah. that. You know, coming out of high school, you know, at 18 years old and they hand you, you know, a $60,000 check right off the get go and say, okay, you know, here you go. You better fulfill your commitment. I was like, absolutely. I mean, just like how you say every morning, you know, free money, free money. Well, that's, that's free money. <laughs> it is. You know, that's motivation. It is motivation. And, you know, that's, always contributed to other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we're here at Dickies. You know, I saw that, you know, that segue. I said, Hey, you know what? I, I, I want to try something different. Never been in the restaurant industry at all. I mean, it, it's such a, an eye opening experience coming from a, a military background to the restaurant industry. I mean, totally two different at the spectrum. They are. They're, they're definitely different. Although we, we actually, we have a lot of veterans within, within the Dickey system. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, kind of, what are you thinking? Are you kind of, when you're looking at the transferable skills, I mean, obviously there are a huge number of transferable skills and organization and discipline that come uh, with those folks who, who have served, but kind of, what are you thinking? You're like, Hey, I, I I'm going to be able to handle this because of my time in the military. I, I would say, you know, it, what, what, what I could, you know, bring to the table is, you know, just the, the, the focus on, you know, staying on task. You know, I'm not saying that someone that's not in the military was, is not able to stay on task, but, you know, us staying on task is, is number one in being in the military is that you consistently stay on a task. You're doing repetitive things, the same thing in the military. 
you know, same thing in the food industry, you're doing it over and over and over. So, I mean, it's, they work hand in hand. You know, I, I would say the discipline is a lot less, you know, you don't have to have someone looking over your shoulder saying, hey, you know what, if you don't do this, I'm going to assign you extra military credit or <laughs> so it's called EMI, extra military time. So you, you would have to like march, you know, 30 miles or whatever, you know, that the form of discipline that they instill in, in the restaurant industry is not that way. But, you know, the discipline would be in performance of sales, mm-hmm. you know, that that would be something that, you know, the employee could understand that, you know, hey, if I don't perform, my, our sales are not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So now, now you will, you know, we have other father-son duos in, and you know, Dickies is still a family-owned business. Um, I was just with an owner uh, over in Georgia, and again, very much a family-owned business. He's he, he's the owner, but he's he's got one store for his daughter, one daughter, and one store for the other daughter. Nice. So, so tell me, how did how did you all decide that you want to do this adventure together? Well. Matthew is a, a single dad, you know, he's got two beautiful girls that are my grandbabies. And, you know, he was working at a smoke shop in, uh, in Texas and, you know, making $8 and 25 cents. And I said, this has got to stop. I said, you know, he's got a, a bachelor's degree in it, you know, he just, I just felt that that was the responsibility of a dad, just, you know, take care of his, his family. And, but I also wanted to to build, you know, his future, but also build uh, the grandkids future too. Well, and I love the idea of kind of building future and, and that sort of thing. And so Matt, talk to me about kind of what that looks like for you. I mean, again, you know, dad's like, Hey, you know, time for us to, to do this together, but talk to me about, about building a future for yourself and for your family. Um, yeah, well, so my, my background, you know, I, I mean, I didn't really come from a horrible background or nothing. It was just tough finding a a good paying job, you know, and everything. And then definitely being a young entrepreneur, when I see an opportunity rise, I definitely want to take action and take, you know, go towards that. Um, definitely one thing is definitely improving the quality of my life for my daughters, of course, number one priority in life. So going into a, a new door is going to be very exciting, very eye-opening. You know, I get to learn lots of new things, meet a lot of great people. So I think it's definitely going to bring a lot of joy to my life. And then I can pass that joy on down to my daughters. That That's wonderful. And again, I mean, it, it's still a family business here at yes. Dickies. I mean, it's one of those things we talk about global barbecue domination, but <laughs> it is really all about it. And so tell me uh, exactly where your store is in Colorado. Broomfield. Okay, and so where is Broomfield? Like, if people know uh, where Denver are, is, where is it? In uh, we are just northwest of Denver, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just we're in between Denver and uh, Boulder. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I think people absolutely know exactly where that is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So, so kind of back back to the Olympics. I mean, you, so you put in put in a request, you request the Navy, you know, your PTO request or whatever they happen to call it. And you're like, sorry guys, I got to take off two weeks to go to the Olympics. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> you, you go away from your command and uh, they uh, put you in a, a different command. So you train and you report every so often to your, uh, you know, other command that they have. And basically you're just competing. You know, it's no different than being in the college at the Naval Academy. Okay. So so it was, it was kind of similar to a collegiate program mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. 
Very cool. I mean, and, and what's the Olympic experience like? Because so many of us will never experience it. Mean, I'm, I, I am absolutely that crazy person who goes home and watches the Olympics every night, you know, for, for, for the, those couple of weeks. And it, it's so much fun. And just to see just the joy and the experiences. I mean, I remember during, you know, those COVID, during the COVID times when, um, when, when you saw the Olympics getting delayed, it's like you have athletes who've spent their entire life working for this kind of thing. Um, and just, just, can you share a little bit of that with me? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, being the athlete, when you get that chance, you know, you're competing at Eugene and you're out there at Hayford's stadium and you walk out there hoping that all your dreams, all that hard work, you know, comes true. And I mean, it's a very humbling experience when they tell you that you made first, second or third, you know, third is the alternate, but you know, they take the first top two. And if you look at it that way, I mean, it's, you're the best right there at that moment in the U S you know, there is no one else going to represent the United States. It's you first and second. So once you make that, that part, that journey is already getting ready to get started, but there's many more steps that you take in the middle of that, you know, so you got to get your, all your documents, you got to get all the passports and stuff like that, but you're still mentally preparing yourself for the day. That's when you walk out on, out of that stadium and they say, Hey, the United States of America, and so mentally you're like, okay, there's going to be a whole lot more people screaming at you and there's going to be a whole lot more action. You know, multiple media sources are going to want to be talking to you because, you know, you're from the United States. They want to know what's going on. And it's quite a journey until, you know, that day when you put on your uniform, you put on your bib and everything's got your name and, you know, you lace up your track shoes or whatever shoes you got or your uniform. And it doesn't become very real until they call your name. And then you got to perform. I mean, and I just, I mean, you think about like walking to a stadium filled with, you know, 10,000 people and, you know, they're, they're screaming for you. I mean, absolutely. That, that's got to be something, you know, it is. you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, ready next up in the long jump is yep. Chris Clemens, the United States of America. Yep. What, I mean, what's going through your so, mind? Are you, so, are, you, are, you <laughs> are you, are you just like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't trip and fall. I mean, cause that would definitely, no. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no. I mean, obviously you were way, you're, you're much better practice than I would yeah. ever be. Uh, but, but I mean, what's going through your mind? So basically what's going through your mind is just, what did you do in practice? And you just stay so focused and what, how you train is how you're going to perform. And I, I mean, it's no different than in BU university, you mm -hmm. know, it, your training is going to lead how you're going to perform in the store. So if you perform, or I mean, you practice train at 110%, you're going to perform at 110% because you have already mentally trained yourself to, to do that. Well, and y'all are finishing up our, our barbecue university class. It's a three week class for, for, for our new owners and everything. And I mean, Matt, talk to me about this. You know, again, it is that practicing <laughs> at 110%. So you're ready to, you know, get on the block and, and get that brisket ready and serve legit Texas barbecue on day one. Talk to me about what this has been like for you. Um, yeah, 100%. I definitely agree. Um, I think the barbecue university has been super great. Um, it's definitely taught me a lot of stuff that I didn't know, especially about cooking barbecue. Um, honestly, like I said, I've met a lot of great people during this time. I have 
learned a lot of things. I really enjoyed the time being here. Our trainer is very wonderful, very resourceful on everything that we, you know, asked about. Um, I think it's definitely a great opportunity for other young entrepreneurs to come in if they want to go into the restaurant industry. Definitely opens their eyes, get them started, you know, especially if this is their first time, you know. Um, it's been just very awesome to be here. And without giving away any trade secrets, what's been the most interesting thing that you've learned uh, in the last three weeks? <laughs> um, I would say probably cutting brisket. Cutting brisket. Um, okay. I've never cut a brisket before, and learning it was a challenge, but I feel pretty comfortable now, and, you know, my meat cutting skills and everything, so I think it's going to be pretty great. I mean, I know that when I trim a brisket, I have to wear a cut glove on my left hand to make sure that I don't accidentally lose a finger or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when, when I when I watch a, a true pit master like at work, I'm just like mad respect for that. I mean, mm -hmm. what, what you all are doing is is really um, is pretty incredible is. stuff. Yes, it is. So kind of thinking back and uh, Chris, you, you've had a few, a few more years of life experience in math. That's what's happens when father son duos come in. When, when, what, what is the best piece of advice that you would give Matt now? Just be patient. Just be patient and humble yourself because you never know who's going to walk through that door and, and want something from you. You know, obviously Dickies has got that, that famous saying, you know, guess first. You know, but I would take it one step further is that, you know, they're not just a guest. They are a, a person with real issues, real things. But, you know, you're inviting them into your home. The restaurant is the home. And by inviting them and allow them to ha have that experience and allow them to share their feelings and stuff like that, I would I would take that or anything else. Well, exactly. I mean, and you just, you never know what's going on in someone's life or what's going on in someone's Correct. day. And, you know, whether it's that guest, that, to your point, that guest first customer service for us is is something that, that's really a core value for us. And that's yes. been really important. And can it, when you think about things that, you know, you never know what's going on in, in someone's life, kind of, can you think of an experience or two that maybe kind of for both of you that really has kind of changed how you think about things um, or, you know, really maybe even touched your heart or something along those lines. Yeah. Just watching him blossom. You know, that, that has been a real treat for me because I, you know, the other day uh, we were at the restaurant and I, I had to just literally step back and just, you know, watch him from a distance and just say, that's awesome. You know, it, it, it watching him transform from being just a little kid to now, you know, a young entrepreneur where he's actually thinking of outside that box, you know, not just as an employee, but at now as an owner, that, that has been just a great treat that I have got to be able to experience. Well, Matt, it sounds like you've gone through quite the transformation in three weeks. Um, I mean, talk, talk to me about that and kind of kind of what's changed. I mean, we, we, we hear that, you know, sometimes people, uh, you know, they, they start really changing kind of how they're thinking. And um, again, it's it's taking ownership. I mean, there, there's a reason we, we don't refer to um, our family as franchisees. We call them owner operators because mm -hmm. you are an owner and you're an operator and we know you'll be in your store. So talk to me about kind of the changes that you, you've already seen and felt in three weeks. I know three weeks doesn't sound like very long, but, but, but it's, but I gotta tell you when you're, when you're working, you know, 10, 12 hour days every day of the week, it, shoo, that yeah. feels like a real long time. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Definitely. Time flies while you're working. Um, 
You know, definitely I've been the employee part before. It's not easy work, you know. It definitely comes over time. Um, definitely a lot has changed, though, within the three weeks. I've definitely gotten a way better understanding of how to be an owner-operator, you know. Like I said, this is my first time actually owning a, a restaurant, you know, and being the one to guide my my team, you know, to success also. Um, it's definitely opened my eyes on, you know, also being patient, you know, because once again, I mean, I've been in that position, you know, where I've been behind the line, cooking food, sweating, you know, tears, everything, <laughs> um, going down with my team. But, you know, now coming in as, you know, a, a higher role in this position, it definitely gives me a greater opportunity to step back, visualize things, um, see how the business runs, you know, definitely see where I can work my flaws out, make them better and everything. Um, it's been very good eye-opener to me. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And, we, you know, we're always all about, you know, growing and, and getting better every time. Um, and I think one of the ways that you all mentioned uh, to me earlier was that you all enjoy giving back in your communities. I mean, with the Dickey Foundation, we're all about helping support first responders to police and fire and EMS and that sort of thing. But you all are giving back in your own communities. Tell me more about, about what you're doing there. Yeah, so... Uh... We are going to try to incorporate where we are going to put a intellectual person into our restaurant model. And uh, we want to give that opportunity to them so where they can live out their life dreams. You know, most people don't have, you know, that opportunity that are in the special needs uh, group. So we feel that, you know, that's one of the ways that we can contribute to our community because uh, Broomfield has a, I believe it's a, a small community in within its city limits where they have uh, intellectual people that are working in big industries mm -hmm. and everything, and uh, they're thriving. And I want to be part of that because it, 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 it's important. I had a, an aunt that was uh, mentally retarded. She had Hunter syndrome, so she was nonverbal. And, you know, it, it just broke my heart that she was not able to live out her life dreams. You know, she didn't get to have a job. She didn't get to have drive a car and stuff, all these other things. And I felt that that was very passionate to me. But, you know, we also have a lot of law enforcement in our family. We, we, most of my uncles and uh, are all, all federal agents and everything. So they work in the, you know, the federal government system and some of our, our local sheriffs and stuff. So I, I, Completely and love that idea that Dickies, you know, supports the shield as as my family calls it, you know, supporting <laughs> the shield. And, you know, we want to get involved that way by, you know, inviting our local fire department, our local police department to mm -hmm. be engaged at our our restaurant itself. You know, that is the key point is is being engaged. You know, if they want to come in, it's gonna be a safe place. They can come in there take a load off that they want to shoot the shit, they can shoot the shit in there. You know, if they want to hold a community meeting, they can do that. It's a safe place. That's what, you know, that's something that I don't think a lot of police have anymore. You know, they, they get criticized so quickly outside in the community, but they don't have a place where they can just take off their belt, the radio and just sit down and enjoy a, a hot meal and just say, Hey, you know what? Thanks for that. You know, that's a small part that I, I can play a role, actively role in the, in the community. What I love that, that you all are, are giving back. I mean, what an incredible story about, about your aunt and then also having so many family who are, yeah. who are in law enforcement. I love that, um, that you all are helping so many people. 
Um, but kind of when I look at the other side, kind of who are two or three people who have each really influenced and helped you? Mm. Matt, we can go to you first on that one. Um, definitely. You know, my I mean, family. dad's sitting right here. Yeah, so. I would say definitely my family. <laughs> my family, definitely. You know, my kids too, also. My kids, especially. You know, having kids is definitely a great way to just push you out of your comfort zone and get get stuff done that you you know you probably would have put aside if you didn't have kids you know um i would say definitely my family also they're always a great help you know definitely motivating me all the time to to do better you know reach out just get out there um third person mm, i would just say even myself honestly just you know having my own self-motivation to keep going and just don't ever give up don't stop, you know, just, you got to keep going. You know, I know life is tough, but life is going to just keep going. Absolutely. That intrinsic motivation is so important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Chris, how about you? Uh, I would say that the, the first two is my mom and dad. Mm -hmm. They've really instilled, you know, uh, the great values that, that I, I still carry today. Um, after that, I would say it would be walking crews. So Joaquin Cruz is a 800 meter for Brazil. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a gold medalist. He medaled at the LA uh, Games in 86, I believe. And he he transformed my, because he got introduced to me when I first started in my uh, Olympic journey. Mm -hmm. And he was my coach. And he just, he told me, he says, you know, hey, I, I'm not going to guarantee that you're going to make it to the Games but I can sure tell you how to try to get there. And, you know, he really took the perspective, you know, that I could possibly one day be an Olympian. And, you know, he showed me his journey and I thought, hey, you know what, I can do this. I mean, that was a real genuine motivation uh, person to me. He really set the, the cornerstone in my, in my way to say, okay, I can do this. And he put me on my journey on that path uh, the third person, I would say, would be just, you know, everyone in general. Anyone that I, I meet, I'm always learning from someone. Yeah, everyone has a story. Everyone has different experiences. Everyone is contributing to my life story. It's just how I, you know, input that into my, my book, I, mm -hmm. I should say. And so I was just... Everybody, uh, you know, anybody that, you know, you, Betsy, you know, you're, you're part of my life now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, Dickie's family is part of my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's such a great feeling to have that because, you know, you know that you're not alone on this journey. You know, that that's one thing that I, I, I wish that Dickies could put in their, their motto. You're not alone on this journey. You're you know? not. There's all there. there we don't have a huge staff, but we are all here for you. I know, you know, you'll have, you'll have my personal cell phone number. You can call me and text me whenever you need me. Yeah. I mean, preferably not at two o'clock in the morning. It'll be on do not disturb because <laughs> um, we don't have a whole lot of barbecue emergencies at 2 a.m. But yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we have a whole team of people that, that wants to help you. Um, and kind of, it kind of brings me to the question. I mean, so you had this, this fantastic naval career, which is, which is so cool. And your next step, it's Dickies. How did, how did, how did you pick, pick Dickies? So, you know, just like everyone else, you know, I, I just, one day I just started cruising on the internet, you know, which is kind of dangerous. And Absolutely. I mean, you could go on the Amazon and just place. spin. Yeah. You could just spin and spin and spin. So I just thought, Hey, you know what, what about owning a restaurant? 
you know, everyone has that that idea at some point in their life. So you saw Dickie's Restaurant on Amazon.com and hit Add to Cart and just went on with no, Pretty kidding. much. Kidding. Kidding. That's 19, not how we sell yeah, franchises, yeah, y'all. Yeah, it was 1999 <laughs> <laughs> and three installments. Uh, no, but uh, I, I just started doing some research about, you know, different franchises. You know, franchises franchises are pretty safe. You know, there, you know, there is some risk that's involved in them, but, you know, they're pretty safe. And mm -hmm. I started looking at the cost of them, obviously. And Dickie's really stood out to me because it, the very first thing it said in 1941, we were founded by brother and brother and I, and father and son, I mean, mm -hmm. and I thought, wow, McDonald's doesn't say that, nope. you know, Burger King doesn't say that, Wendy's, none of them say that. And I thought to myself, well, this is a this has got to be a franchise that maybe it's just you know BS. So I continued to research it out, and I even called your corporate headquarters. I said, hey, can you send me a fact sheet uh, of your company? Mm -hmm. And she said, absolutely. So she sent it to me, and sure enough, you know it it all checked out. And I thought, <laughs> okay. And this is I said, this is a family oriented franchise. I said, mm -hmm. this is very family centric and I want it to align with my values also. And Dickie's certainly aligns with my values and where you guys stand with, you know, your brand. And, you know, I, I, I like the brand. I, I got to eat your food when I was in <laughs> Dubai. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We've got two stores yeah, over and, at UAE. Yep. <laughs> and, and I also ate it in Egypt and everything. So, I mean, it was. You'll have to go back over to Africa and you can try our Botswana store that just uh, opened. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but, I, I mean, it was it was a different experience. And, but, you know, the food, it tasted a little different. But, you know, the, the same brand was there. The mm -hmm. same name. It was very consistent. You know, and uh, you know, I, I cherish that. One of, one of the one of the very few differences we 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 change our menu ever so slightly, um, particularly over in the UAE and in Cairo. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we don't have pork products there, Correct. so we do beef ribs and yep. we do lamb shanks. People yep. always ask, like, how do you do that? And we're like, I oh, know we're still doing brisket over there. Mm -hmm. Like, we're on top of this. We know how to do this. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. It, it it translates really well, and we know that uh, a lot of these countries are really excited about getting that legit Texas barbecue. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean that legit Texas barbecue. I mean that that is. The key it is and so i've got to ask uh favorite dickie's meat favorite dickie's side mm, man that's a tough one i do enjoy mac and cheese but the baked potato casserole is probably gonna be my number one honestly that one's really good but i'm gonna have to give it to the sausage actually now the, the, the regular kielbasa or the jalapeno cheddar the jalapeno cheddar yes that is where it's at right now for some reason that jalapeno cheddar it has just the right enough kick in it and great taste very great <laughs> taste to it absolutely how about you chris uh jalapeno cheddar kielbasa that okay. is that is by far the favorite i mean brisket's good don't get me wrong brisket's always yeah good. it's always good but i mean that jalapeno is you know, just like Matt said, it it is it's got a different taste. And but I also tried your your craft uh, sausage. We ordered that from Barbecue at yeah. Home. Oh Absolutely. my god, what an <laughs> awesome product that you guys put out! I always keep some of the Barbecue at Home sausages yeah. in my freezer. It's so wonderful because they're all smoked, and so they are ready to go. So you can just thaw those out, yeah. chop them up, throw into something. I know I throw them into pasta or you know chili, all yeah. sorts of cool stuff. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I mean we throw them in our Traeger. So if Mr. Traeger, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> 
please use their product. But yeah, I mean, that in the, you know, I wasn't a big fan of how the green beans looked. Mm -hmm. I, you know, you're used to traditional type style green beans, but these are, you know, pretty fat. They and, are. And, and it's got a different taste to it. And it just, it stuck with me. So I would say the green beans and the kielbasa. Okay, those are good choices. I, yeah. I like all those choices. Okay, so, so near the end of our interview, we always wrap it up with our lightning round. I'm gonna give you two choices and you're gonna tell me your favorite. We start out with a really easy one, barbecue beans or jalapeno beans? Jalapeno beans. Barbecue beans. Okay, we're gonna see how you do on this one. Sweet or unsweet tea? Sweet, sweet tea. There are no Yankees we're here. Texas. We're, we're in Texas. It's <laughs> all about that sweet tea, y'all. Okay, chopped brisket or sliced brisket? Sliced. Mm, I would say chopped. I like I like a good chopped brisket, honestly. I'm definitely sensing like we got we've got one side or the other, except for that sweet tea thing. All right, <laughs> sauce or no sauce? No sauce. sauce. <laughs> definitely gotta have some barbecue sauce. <laughs> okay. So, all right, brisket or pulled pork? Brisket. Pull pork. <laughs> I think you're now just like being a train just for fun. <laughs> All right, and the last, the last but certainly not least, ribs or wings? Ooh. Ribs. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take ribs on this one. All right, so they agree on ribs and they agree on sweet tea. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast, y'all. My guests have been Chris and Matt Clements. They're our newest owners in Colorado, and we are thrilled to have them as part of the family. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks. you. And eat your legit Texas barbecue. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. It was great that we could share our stories with you. If you want more information about the Dickey Foundation, feel free to visit thedickeyfoundation.org. And if you want more information about some of our great owners and the great stories they're doing, please visit dickies.com. We look forward to seeing you next week where we'll continue sharing the good stories of good people doing good things in our community.